reason for this podcast is we're heading down to Kembla Grange to visit the great Mitch Beer, who has moved his operation. Well, hasn't moved his operation. He's extended his operation from Albury to have a Kembla Grange base. We're going to find out all about that. And that alone would be worthwhile driving down to do a podcast with him. But it's also got a special twist to it because about, I don't know, two months ago maybe, Mitch contacted me and said, mate, I think I've got a horse for the den. I was like, okay, tell me more. And he said, Tom Magny bought this horse for 1.9 million at the 2022 Magic Million sales. 585. I wrote in my catalog, wow. That's what I wrote. There are no superlatives like an offer to this horse. I've been auctioneering here for 19 years, would you believe? And I reckon he's one of the best I've ever seen come through this sale ring. 1 million. Isn't he a star? 1 1. 1 5. 1 million 5. 6. 1 million 9 now. At a million 9. All done. I sell him to the left hand side for 1 million 900,000. Thank you, Tom. Tom Magnifies. 1 million 900,000. Okay, that sounds interesting. He says it's had a few starts for Walla. I think J Mac wrote it in most of its starts. Certainly shown some promise. Probably maybe isn't up to City Grade, but certainly is not going to be a Group 1 winner. So Coolmore don't want it. And I've picked it up for the bargain price of 50000 And I sort of looked into it all and thought, this looks like a great opportunity for a few in the den to get involved. So we put the shout out across the den and we got quite a few people involved. We're privileged to have one of the part owners of Suspect in the car with us right now. Porky, how are you, mate? Welcome. Welcome to the Punk Podcast. Thank you. On the road. Yes. Is this the first on the road podcast? This is the first on the road and I'm really really hoping it's successful. I went to Bunnings yesterday and bought three camping chairs. Um, And yeah, the idea is we'll go to the stable, we'll have a bit of a look around, obviously meet suspects, talk to Mitch a bit about the path ahead for suspects and some of his other horses. Um, And then we'll do a little bit of a podcast in said camping chairs. And then I think we're lucky enough which is going to take us to KFC Dapto for a um, a mid morning The Canaries, Dapto mid- Canaries. <laughs> is that the rugby league team yeah. there? And the dogs. A mid morning brunch. So, Hawkey, what? I, I don't know the first thing about you. Are you? Do you just punt? Yeah, I got involved with the great game a few years back. I originally wasn't sort of a huge fan I wasn't massively into it uh-huh. and then I got onto this guy called Jonas and he's got a company called Edge Alerta I know him well you know him yeah he'd be good for the podcast just yes quietly. good fella yeah and it's all about sort of taking advantage of all the different promotions out there yep mostly the cashback for second or third and then I was just doing that they sort of tell you what to do they send you the tips I was getting involved in that and I was making a bit of money but eventually you get promo band obviously yes and i'm like well if you're going to make money long term in the great camp you actually need to know what you're doing yeah and just yeah going through that and just going through the process i sort of fell in love with it yes yeah and how did you get to the wolf den no well yeah and so do you are you doing anything else at the moment do you have another job or are you just oh I'm, i'm hunting purely recreationally yeah i've got two jobs what are they primrose park tennis represent i'm a tennis coach Unreal. Tennis coach. Yeah, in Neutral Bay. Yeah. And I work for a property developer in North Sydney. Excellent, excellent. 
And yes, how did you find the den? You know, one of your videos came up in my, you know, on YouTube, it comes up you may be interested in. And it was the, not this year's Melbourne Cup recently, the 2022 Melbourne Cup. Yes. When it was a massive strip out and then the huge recovery on <laughs> who got up. It was a Godolphin thing. Godolphin, yeah. I can't remember. Lane? No, no, it was that one this year. That was this year, was it? No, it's Come on, not turn a... my day around. Oh, oh, no. No. No, no, no. Gone. You're kidding. No, don't worry about that. Righto. Never happened. Fucking unbelievable. Righto. From nowhere. The joys of the game. Come on. Come on, Tanner. What's wrong? No. Oh, that just a big, looks like a big slug. Kick. Come on, you find more. Find more. Find more. Find more. Right to the end, right to the end. Yes. yes. Come on. We're still Maybe. in the fight. Maybe. Oh, it was a massive win. Thanks for that. Thanks. Three, four wide. What a win. Well, myself, but mainly the King's Arm. Well, that's, that's basically it. We won 40,000 on that. We won 40 on it? I don't want it to end. <laughs> I, I so it's do. It's just warming up. Whatever it was. It was that video. Yeah. And um, I was like, oh, hang on a minute. These are my people. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, excellent. And what, how do you handle the den? Like, what's your daily habit? on the den what do you do i follow a few of the big names shout uh -huh. out to hong kong mac gav yes great man he it pays to follow that man can i just say quietly and obviously the king zone and the fizzer and all the big names and dream team yes and um, i don't necessarily just blindly follow no. you know you've got to have your own opinion i think that's important i agree with that but um if everything sort of aligns i'm happy to have um you know, an investment, so to speak. So, of course, we are stopping at Macca's to get a little bit of sustenance before we uh, get on the, no, get on the Princess like Highway. This is not Kingston Macca's. I have fucking no idea where we are. It's a bit like, you know, in Dave Portnoy's pizza reviews where he's just got <laughs> no idea where he is. This is. We're somewhere southwest. But before we order, can anyone remember what the mug ordered? Remember the mug had that in the very first episode of Wild Weather Sports, we, finished, we made Mug Good Boy of the Week because he, I think for breakfast he ordered a Big Mac, 20 nuggets, chocolate sundae, a Coke, fries, bacon and egg McMuffin, something like that, I can't remember. How are you? Um, can I please get a sausage and egg McMuffin and a hash brown? What do you want? Yeah. That we'll get that times two, please. Cut the passwords. You remember that? <laughs> hey Hawkey, if you if you made content, do you would you try and make sure that you don't have a A4 piece of paper with every single password? Oh, <laughs> sitting on your table? For the mostly of the King's Ain's account sitting on the table. <laughs> when did this happen? What about those videos? Oh, was it the Melbourne Cup one? I don't think so. And so, like, straight away, I just blew up. People were like, do you know you got your fucking passwords in the video? <laughs> and we're like, fuck.
Do you ride a horses, bro? <laughs> it looks like a yearling, that one. <laughs> yeah, we, no, we, we're here. I just wanted to see the yeah, trifecta Avenue sign. Oh, I, I'll show you that. And I, I can even show you Manicato Port. Wow. <laughs> you here? Just park up next to that big steaming Great Mitch Beer. Here he is. You missed the trifecta place? Yeah, we yeah, missed it. I've got nothing else to show you. That's pretty much the highlight of the joint. Here's a big boy. Hey, buddy. He's an absolute Adonis. Wow, uh, isn't he beautiful? He's so hot. He is. Oh. This is Sinead. Hey, Sinead, how are you? Hi, We're some of the owners of Suspect. And Not the original ones, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> The good ones, the good ones. Is he, is he, do you think he's handsome, Sinead? Oh, he's my favourite. Wow, there we go. That's it, that's it. Keep it up, keep it yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> now, as you can see, boys, like, you can see why, uh, you can see why they paid a decent amount of money for him. Like, that's him now, a couple of weeks out of the paddock. Yeah. Like, he's just an absolute beast. You could imagine what he's going to look like race day. Like, we've literally done little to no conditioning work with him we've just been trying to get this off him um yeah and, and since they've come out yeah. uh he's he's lightened off terrific like normally when you bring a horse in from the paddock you're trying to build him up and here's the opposite you were trying to slow him down because he was just this so ball. Is, is he unusually muscular for a horse? he's huge like, yeah he's a very heavy horse yeah you know a really heavy horse but to be fair like normally horses like this hit the ground like uh, like a steam train, you know, they, they're real heavy and uh, he's so light on his feet and he's got a lovely action for a, for a big heavy horse, but he was too big as a bull yeah. and making that transition from two to three, the testosterone, everything, and that's when they start to really get heavy. Um, but he was ridiculously big and solid and just when they get round and heavy like that, they're not athletic. Yeah. You know, they look like little bodybuilders and not, not runners. But what know. happens to horses that are as athletic as he is and as big and as bulky and then win like the Golden Slipper or whatnot and get real, like really Well, that's why you see everyone's so do. hard on two-year-old colts that don't, oh, he never trained on at three. He never did. Physically, they right. change so much yeah. because they make this transition from two to three. Not that I've had a slipper colt in that situation, but I've had plenty of ho the horses are horses, whether they're fast or so physically. You know, from two to three, they start getting heavier. And then not only that, they start realizing what's between sure. their legs. Yeah. It's a bit like us turning 16, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> 16, or, or 22, 22 for some of us. <laughs> uh, but you start thinking about other things and you start working out what, what anatomy is and um, their mind goes as well. So that's why it's not so much that it was a bad crop of two-year-olds or they didn't train on or it's not as good as what they thought. They change as racehorses and that's why when they've already won those races at two, they're never getting gelded, yeah. but it takes a good horse to keep racing on. And that's why you see a lot of horses that don't, don't race on. It's not worth taking the risk. They big studs see that they take this physical change and they start acting different and they start getting interested in girls. And they're like, no, nah, pull yeah. the pin. We're retiring yeah. it to start. Yeah. Yeah. You know? One hey, thing about this horse is, How's it going? Um, he's, he's got an attitude to match his looks. Like he's a, He's a, oh, we'll head down this way. He's an absolute gentleman. I'll probably say that now and he'll just go out and dump Sinead on the track. But no, nah, he's an absolute beast. But you have a look at that horse. That horse is four. Yeah. You know, the physical difference in them is, is very, very different. Yeah, that could just go one on the poly, mate. 
So what, what work will you do with him this morning, Mitch? So he's just going to go slow. He's just still in that trot and canter stage. I want to get him a little bit lighter before we start um, faster work with him. But one thing I'm going to be super, super keen on is not training him more like uh, a stayer than a sprinter, even though he's probably will never run past 1,200 metres in his life. Right. What I've found with a lot of these horses that are well-bred, the moment they leave the sales, they break them in and they want them to be magic millions horses, then slipper horses, then early three-year-olds at, at worst. Yeah. 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 So they are galloping from the get-go. Like yeah. this horse last year would have done faster work before my yearlings would have gone to the breakers. Yeah. Because they're, they're sure. as soon as they buy them, it's a race against the clock. Yeah. So they want to get them up and going. And um, fortunately for him, he's, it hasn't affected his attitude. But it obviously hasn't worked. Um, yeah. Or he's not good enough to have done that. Um, so I, I find getting these horses that are from bigger stables that have been purchased to, to, with that in mind if you just work them low and slow and that, and then they really get, they're looking forward to doing faster work. Uh-huh. And same when you get up to the races, like if you just hold them together and hold them together, they're actually like, oh, when am I going to gallop? Like, yeah, and then right. when they do, they're like, they're thrilled yeah. about it. Not yeah. just like Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, oh, here we go again. Uh-huh. All right, mate. Um, so you're going to train him a bit like a stayer. What does that actually mean? So he's just he's just coming into work now, right? Yeah. So he's had a uh, bit over two weeks' work. So not not a lot of work, just to trim his trim his grass belly up, and um, he started to trim off nicely. So just a lot of long, slow work with him. Um, stereotypically, a horse like him will be short, fast work. A lot of dashing up, a lot of sprinting because he is a sprinter. Um, but I like to sort of do things different, as I said, because he's, he's done it for so long. Um, uh, so this morning he'll just go out on the, on the synthetic track and he'll just walk, work around once slow. Uh, he did two laps yesterday, mm-hmm. so he'll just do one lap today. And uh, what kind of pace would that be like three quarter pace? No, nah, not even just like a, a, okay. a, a slow canner. And then this afternoon he'll have a couple of laps of the pool. You know? So they do very little, don't they? On a day like today, yeah, yeah, 100%, 100%. Like, I like to take probably a little bit longer to get horses fit mm-hmm. because the hardest part of, of keeping a horse sound is, is, is getting it to, to match fit. Once you're at that fitness level, it's quite easy to, to maintain. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit like us. Like, if you want to lose 20 kilos... I don't know why I'm giving this sort of advice, but <laughs> if you want to lose 20 kilos, losing the 20 kilos is fucking hard, yes. right? But once you get to that weight, maintaining yeah. that weight is quite easy. Yeah. You know, staying at a certain weight is a lot easier. So once they're up and racing, you don't need to do uh, as much with them. Like, you know, they race and then they have a few days off and they swim and then they build back up. They might have a gallop or two and go back to the races. But And, and there's nothing like that race fitness right or or the fitness they get out of racing so if they if they race they're pretty sweet for another couple of weeks you don't put much into them no 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 100 percent. you know they you know especially once you get them to their ideal trip like if you've got a miler and they run third up over a mile after that point is you're not getting them any fitter you're just maintaining a fitness level so So say a horse runs over a mile on a saturday let's say 
and then runs really well and you want to run them again in two weeks' time, what would they do in that two-week period? So Sunday they'd be off. Yeah. Monday I would Monday Tuesday uh, I would swim them only. I like to after horse race or trials I like to not put a saddle on them for three or four days, uh, and then probably the following uh, Friday or Saturday you just do some even time work with them, and the following Tuesday, leading into that next Saturday they would have a good improving gallop on the grass, yeah. and maybe that Thursday, forty eight hours before the race you might do a little bit of evens with them. Also depends on the horse. What does like, evens mean? Uh, so evens is uh, 15 seconds per 200 meters. Okay. 15 right. seconds to the furlong. Okay. Which right? is pretty, because, yeah, okay. So when Which they're is really flying, us, they're doing 10 or 11. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, evens is like when you see a horse, um, like a, a track gallop um, or, you know, an exhibition gallop, through those, you know, from the 1,000 meter mark to the 800 meter mark to the, most horses will start quickening up between the 600 and the 400. To that point, they're doing even time which is 15 yep. seconds to the furlong, which is just their nice leisurely sort of pace. Mm. Enough to get their heart rate up without over racing, but it also depends on the horse. Like if you've got a horse that doesn't settle, you know, it, it's a bit it's a bit keen and it over races, you don't want to be galloping them like hard on the Tuesday and then doing nothing with them because come Saturday, they're steaming again. Mm. So they're going to come yep. out of the barriers and not relax. So. You know, I've got some horses, I had this horse um, called Jawal, and he was like a 600 grand yearling. One by 11 at Albury one day or something. I galloped, I gave him an improving gallop the morning of that race, uh -huh. over 400 metres, with the blinkers on, and let him really dash up, and he raced eight hours, nine hours later. Yeah. Because he, would, he wouldn't relax and wouldn't finish off. Right. Um, and I just had to try something, we'll, do, yeah. we'll go nowhere with him. Uh, he got beat at, I, I took him to, drove him to Dubbo from Aubrey and he, I thought he was immoral and got beat and pulled up like he hadn't been around. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to, I'm going to tip this horse upside down. And, and so we started galloping race morning. Uh, so it's incredible yeah. what you can do. And like, you'll have one trainer that'll watch what you're doing and wouldn't start a horse on the Saturday with what mm. you've done with it that yeah. week. Yeah. Just couldn't bear yeah. to do it. And Yet you you see things that they do, and you would just in your wild be like, oh, cool. I would never do that. Yeah. And it's that's a great thing about it. There's and, no. And where did you pick up all these little things from? From watching other people over the years? Yeah, working like just working for trainers, and and still, you know. I guess at the end of the day, you've got to work out what you think might work for the horse. That's just trial and error, isn't it? Hundred percent. And I, I had uh, we brought a filly from Europe um, a couple of months ago, and while she's in quarantine, desert voice. Yeah, yeah I'm to hear more about. While that. she was in quarantine, I'm like, right, you know, like. We don't get many opportunities to sort of do that. Um, so I think a great thing is, uh, that I like is leaving my ego at the door and being like, I, I, I want to learn, I want to get this right and I want to learn. Yeah. I rang Peter Moody and I'm like, Moody, you know, like I've got this feeling in quarantine, you've had a stack of imports. You were early days, you were getting them, you know, 15 years ago. Mm. And he's like, yep, I made plenty of errors and, and, and don't tip her straight out, work her through, let her get used to the climate over here because you're coming into summer and, and then tip her out. And I've found that it builds up bone density and it just made complete sense. Mm. So you're never too far down the track to, to learn from something new. And I think the great thing about really good trainers like Peter Moody is, you know, I'm not a threat to him. Uh, yeah. he, he'd probably, he'd take great pleasure in seeing that horse yeah. succeed mm. and, and help someone along as he's done with, with Catherine. So 
Yeah, I think it's it, it, it's great to be able to be open-minded, and it's exciting to learn new stuff. Yeah, so is, is this this is the rock star life, isn't it? Like standing here in the rain. Fuck, not this morning. It's an absolute pit. Um, I tell you one thing though, like that, the positive about uh, here is training at Aubrey. You know, the country you sort of lack those facilities, mm-hmm. and. You know, when you wake up at midnight or 1am and you just hear it steaming down and you just know that they've copped like 30 mils overnight, you know, you just, you can't get back to sleep because you're like, it's just going to be a slop out there. I've got these five horses that I can't gallop now. Now they can't race Saturday. You know, so you, you start fretting, you can't get back to sleep. I woke up and it was pouring here and I'm like, it doesn't matter. You know, we've, it, got, we've yeah. got this all weather track and it just... that they can go out and have a dead set improving gallop here this morning and race Saturday, and that track is the same as it was yesterday before it rained. Yeah. So, you know, that that's a massive factor, but no, it's not glamorous. Thank God I knew it wasn't before <laughs> yeah. I got into it, because you'd just be so pissed off yeah. to get a trainer's license, like, look from the outside, uh, and then get a trainer's license and be like, oh, no, this was not in the brochure, like, yeah. this this can't be it, because... Yeah. It's not. I think a lot, of, a lot of punters don't realise that is how sort of down and dirty you've got to get as a, as a trainer and as a stable hand, all that kind of stuff. I mean, you, you're dealing with animals, you know, in the natural environment, so of course it's going to get fucking messy and dirty. Hundred, And I think that, you know, social media's been great with, I think, bringing punters and, and the racing industry closer mm-hmm. together sure. because Making they get to see... Yeah you know, the aftermath of, of horses not going well or, or what's happened and injuries and, and how much work goes into it, you know, go on the beach and tipping out and bringing this and early mornings where a long time ago, it was the track work was like this secret community that like mm. met in the dark and it was all over before anyone got up and you'd hear whispers about horses that worked well and that, but it was, it was like this alternative world that just operated at night mm. and your only chance of hearing about something was a tip or, oh, they reckon this worked well. Unless you went down there, you know, you'd read the columns in, in like the winning post and that of like the track, the trackers, you know, who clocked horses and that'd be like a part of doing your form. Yeah. But now, I mean, it's so open. Is that um, That's the big fella there. Which one's he? Uh, he's oh, he's, he's in front, thing, yeah. yeah. Um, so that, yeah, so he just sort of... And... So is that slow, that's the pace of... Yeah, so he's just had a nice canter around. Yeah. Uh, a really quiet, relaxing morning from him. And he's pulling up now. So he's done a full circuit, basically. Yeah, he's done a whole lap. Um, and then he'll just come in, chill, have his breakfast. And then um, he'll have a couple of laps of the pool. And you that's... Are coming to KFC with us? Nah, I wish. Are we, so they don't build, they don't build uh, drive-throughs big enough for a three-horse float. <laughs> yeah, you'd know it's that. Cr- yeah, it's yeah, criminal, yeah, yeah. absolutely criminal. So yeah. you, have you ever been through a drive-through in a float? Nah. And so, back to Suspect. So, is the reason that he would have sold for so much of the yearling sales because he's such an athlete? I mean, whenever I talk to breeders and people who go hard at sales, they're always talking about finding him the next athlete. And is that... I think he's, he's one of the rare horses where uh, I've had so many expensive failures come, come through the system. And a lot of them I get, and I'm like, how could you pay half a million for this? Yeah. Like, they're... Right. Not that nice. Yeah, yeah, they're well-bred, but they're not that nice. And, and you can see why they're disappointing. Uh, uh, he, he just couldn't sit down with a pen and paper and draw a nicer yeah. sprinting type of horse yeah. uh, than him. 
And, you know, he's a half to dubious. Yeah. He's by I'm invincible. Like, he just ticks every box. And, and that's the harsh realities of it. Whether you're paying 1.9 or, or 900 or 100 grand. Or 50. They can tick, yeah, they can tick every box and still be not good enough. Yeah. But the great thing about him is not good enough for one person yeah. and not good enough for another person. Yeah. And look at us now, and, we're and, here. We're so, couldn't, be, couldn't be more happy to be down Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he's a bit like and, and, and Coolmore want that. They want people like us to get, get a great experience out of it. 100%. They want to make sure that he's going somewhere good. Yeah. And they, uh, they want to make sure that he, he gets the best opportunity. But as soon as he's a gelding, he, he, he's worthless to them. Yeah. And, and, you know, they have a terrific record at, at buying. I mean, for every, for every couple of ones that they miss on like him, there's a home affairs. Mm. So, you know, that, that's a, it's a $2 million loss for them, but uh, they turned home affairs into probably a 40 or $50 million stallion. So yeah. it's playing the market. So it's no different to, you know, stockbrokers or, or property investors or developers. They can't, hit the bullseye on every one, and the quicker they take a miss and, and move on to the next one, uh, the better for them. But the great thing is, from the moment this horse is born, he's had the best of everything. Mm, he's been looked yeah, after, he's sure. been cared for, um, and you know, going to a stable like Chris's, he's been well-managed, uh, he's got a great attitude, he's well-educated, it's a credit to them. It's mm. just, you know, their bar's here and, and he fell below it. Also find as well, some horses that they've paid a lot of money for, are very weak and have a bad attitude because they've been treated different their whole life. Like mm-hmm. from when they were a foal, the stud knew that they were going to make millions. So they keep them separate. They like an only child sort of thing. Okay. And then they become very weak. Here he is. Here's a big fella. All right. It's going to ask like a bus. Sure. <laughs> ask like a bus. Just see, just see when he's walking away here, see that gap between his back legs, yep. where he's between his tail, mm. like you could dead set throw two basketballs behind there mm. and see how the other horse, yeah. his hocks almost sure. touch. Sure. You know, if you're trying to generate power and your, your legs are like this, you know, you, you, you're standing over so much shorter distance. Like those horses that are, are wide, they mm. just have such a, a better economical stride like him. And it's all those little things that, you know, when they're standing there at the yearling sales, they're just like, his yeah, sauce has got everything. Yeah. And are you quietly confident that he's going to be a pretty good horse for your stable? Yeah, I, 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 I just, I just think he's a beauty. Like for what we paid for him. Yeah. Um, you know, you're getting, you're getting, his bobs. So to win a stock standard made twelve hundred meter maiden here on a Thursday, you're getting thirty thousand in our hand. Mm. Like the prize money's mm. astronomical. He doesn't have to ever, ever leave Kembla and he can well and truly pay for himself. But mm. it'd be nice to get him up to a nice little midway on a Saturday. Uh, I, that, couldn't, that I couldn't imagine uh, what would happen if he won a midway on a Saturday <laughs> with half the lunatics that are in him. It'd be huge. And is there any kind of country cup or country carnival that maybe we could all put on the calendar and think if we're lucky enough, he could go to that and we could all get there? Mate, I, I think February, you, everyone should be taking a couple of days off for the Sapphire Coast. Ooh to go down to Marimbula. He reminds me so much of a horse called Logan River, this yeah. big schnitzel horse that we brought up. Um, and uh, same, he was like 450, bit of a failure, ran fourth in a couple of listed races, a two-year-old, never went on with it. We paid not much money for him. And um, I'll, I'll save it for later, but it, 
to this day, still my greatest punting and result of, of, of all time. God bless him. Um, uh, and then we took him down to the Sapphire Coast uh, after he won first up, and we had him in on the Saturday and the Sunday, and I was going to back run him both days. Yeah. And he pissed in on the Saturday. And then they gave him four kilos on the Sunday and wouldn't let me put an apprentice on, so right. ended up scratching him, and um, we ran him for shits and gigs in the... Uh, in the Inglis million dollar race uh, two weeks later. Uh, I think he ran second last and picked up 30 grand. It was, it was, it was massive, it was massive. Um, but yeah, Sapphire Coast is probably the most underrated country carnival yeah. in New South Wales. Don't they have the grass seafood? Mate, if you like seafood, yeah. beers, the, you punting, buy oysters at the they canteen, have a right? massive yeah. seafood van there. Uh, the racing on a Saturday is not overly strong. And then you've got the cup day on the Sunday, but so you, yeah, okay. So if that, you if you like bolos, so that's his um that's our grand final for this preparation, mate. If if he wins at the Sapphire Coast, you won't see me for a week. Great, <laughs> we better go see yeah. how he's how he's come through. My house at the moment is, I mean, <laughs> I don't know where I thought I'd be at thirty five, but it's certainly not living with three twenty year old English and Irish kids at work <laughs> for me. It's like the, the benchmark 58 Love Island in the <laughs> It's absolute pits. So, how, how many starts does this guy have? Uh, he's had 10. He's won two. Yeah. Um, and what did you pick him up for? We paid 60 for him. Yeah. But again, he's three and Bob's. Yeah. So, you know, with that, with those bonuses, you know, to be getting 30000 in your hand to win over here, it, it, it's unbelievable prize money. Yeah. Hey, big boy. <laughs> So, do you ever get nervous in any of the media stuff you do? No. No. I think I've embarrassed myself enough on social media that nothing really is going to get close to some of the stuff I've posted 12 schooners in. So, it's sort of good. I I recommend a lot of trainers do that because everything after that doesn't (laughs) matter. (laughs) That's right. And it makes a difference, I'd say, to your stable, right? Like the... The media stuff? Yeah, it's got to help, right? 100%. It's it's built my business. Yeah. You know, for every owner there is that's like oh geez mitch looks like a bit of fun we might get a horse with him it probably good enough fact because there's a lot of people out there go like he's not for me mm. i don't enjoy that sure. sort of stuff i'm not going to get involved in a horse with him and it stops <laughs> stops us getting owners we don't get along with because yeah. everyone sort of sees what they get before they get involved there's no real surprises like so tinder, really isn't it wow no there's a lot of surprises on tinder <laughs> <Is there? laughs> um but uh no it's good it's good it's been great for our business and I think people see it's not fake. It's not there to to suck people in and get their email address and try and flog them a share in a horse. I, I just put it out there. People either love it or hate it, but no, it's been great. So we're in your new stable in Kembla and this is the moment is behind us. I don't know if I'll ever shoot a better podcast in a better location than this. Very cool, but so this is the moment one. Was it last week, your first first winner in Kembla? Yeah, he was. He was. No, it's, it's a good good setup here. You might have to get the, the den firing here from one, one Saturday. It'll That'd be, be amazing. Be unreal. Yeah. Be unreal. From here, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll set up the laptops yeah. here. It'll be a shock to the boys, eh? They've got no idea you get what used it's actually to the, like in Australia. You get used to the smell eventually. Yeah. I'm, I'm numb to it now. It's yeah. like, you know, those people that inject themselves with a bit of snake venom every day. The yeah. smell of horse shit slowly, yeah. slowly fades away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was our first winner. Um, it was terrific to, to sort of get on the board. Like I knew coming here, it's a complete reset. It's a new business pretty much. You know, I didn't expect to come here and just steam into 
city winners and provincial winners. You, it's it's rebuilding. It's it, it's rebranding. It's re everything. You know, you're becoming a going from country to to provincial. So um, no, I'm I'm really really pleased to get on the mark, but also slowly starting to to find our feet and get in a bit of rhythm. But yeah, thanks, big fella. That was handy. And so, why did you come to Kembla? Like, what was the motivation? I, I sort of I love Aubrey, and and leaving Aubrey on a regular basis is, is hard. Like, I'm still getting down there a hell of a lot, but I'm mainly up here getting the yes. getting the system going. But I sort of Steph Grantal, who's been a big help, and, and a lot of other people in my business sat down and we thought, where are we going to be in anything? You know, doing what we're doing is great. We're having a lot of success. We've been the leading trainer in the Southern Districts for the last three years. Mm -hmm. But you can't rest on that. You know, you've got to continue to build and continue to grow. And, and uh, we looked at where the next few, few years held us. And we tested a few different models and we just kept coming back to trying to be a, a strong provincial stable. Mm -hmm. Prize money's unreal. And, you know, when we sat down and did the costings, it cost me the same to put a set of shoes on him in Aubrey as it does here. It cost me the same to feed him as it does here. You know, there's a few more little expenses and, and, and it's a little bit more expensive to train here. But as a whole, it's mm -hmm. probably only 20% more expensive to train a horse provincially than it is in the country. And you're racing for nearly 50% more. Yeah. So you do those numbers. This horse picked up 22 grand the other day for winning a maiden here. It's, you're lucky to clear 13 in the country. So, you, you know, mm -hmm. you, you're getting a hell of a lot more bang for your buck by winning races here. And I don't think it's, it's double as strong, especially those provincial only races. Uh, they're very well graded and, and they're winnable. Mm. And what are the track hours like here? Like what, what time do they start? Horrendous. Is it? Yeah. Because like, oh, isn't Aubrey like 6am? Yeah, yeah. I've literally just been living with jet lag for like yeah. three weeks because I used to getting up at 5.30, you know, five o'clock at the earliest at Aubrey. And the first horse goes on here at four. So you sort of need to be in the stables at 3.30. So you're up so really at quarter past eight. Thank God I live like 60 metres away from the tack room. Yeah. <laughs> so I can get up about four minutes earlier than, than what I have to. But you're slowly getting there. I hate having a sleep during the day because it sort of just like yeah. throws you out of whack. And yeah. a lot of times you've got to go straight to the races and stuff. But, you know, that, that's a compromise. And that's something that we've had to get our head around to. Hopefully in time... It'll there's change a, a little a bit here. There's a big push towards pushing the hours back, isn't there? Yeah. I can, at the moment, they're doing a hell of a lot of renovations here, so they've got to get the, the workers on early. Uh -huh. um, right. So I think once that settles, it'll probably go back a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I'm a big advocate for starting later. Um, yeah. It's easier on everyone, easier on the staff, and uh, we're seeing that in the city now. They're, they're starting to push back, and I think it'll eventually happen everywhere. Very good. And I was listening to you in other interviews and you said that there's there's no money in training fees right if you're a horse trainer you can't make money out of training fees it's, it's very hard yeah the margins are very very low so to get going in the game you've therefore got to as you call it trading or essentially you got to you got to start betting on horses yeah so at the end of the day you're actually a punter and your bets are buying and selling horses buying low selling high yep that that's fair yeah that's that's a big part of my business so um, whether we're buying uh, young horses to, to resell uh, as yearlings or uh, so pin hooking, like I'd yep. like to try and um, punt a few stallions. Um, la uh, last year I bought a mare in fold a Super Seth with a okay. Super Seth foal at foot. I just so thought, when you say punt a few stallions, you're trying to 
find a stallion that might pop off in a couple of years' time and you've got a yearling. So you're yeah. getting into the weanling stage. Well, and I, then I, they... I can't go and buy and I'm invincible now, you know. You just did. Yeah. <laughs> Once he's had three starts for someone else. But you've got to look at a stallion and say, you know, can I, is he going to, one that's going to make the grade? Yeah. Um, and I really like Super Seth. And uh, so I went and, I went and purchased a, a mare in foal with a foal at foot. So it's a waiting game, though. You know, that, that, that's going to be a while till it gets. But and where's the, where do you keep the mare? Over in, so they're over in New Zealand. Okay. And um, Super Seth had two fillies just at the ready to run sale. One made 700, one made 500. They're hot. Well, Trainers love them. There's what did a, you pay for the week? Oh, what did you pay for the mare? 20. Wow. So, you know, now I've got this filly uh, that's, a, that's an opportunity of going. But um, I've done it many times before. Uh, two years ago, I brought a weanling for, for $5,000. Um, her three-quarter sister ran second in the VRC Oaks. We got off at 100 grand for her out of the paddock. Uh, I said no, and I ended up syndicating her for 60 grand, and we've kept her. She's had nine starts for three wins. You know, yeah. she's probably worth 100 Yes. So, you know, I made a little bit of money, but yeah. I also looked after my clients and I kept the horse to, to race. So it's all well and good selling good horses and taking the cash, but then that takes away from your training business as well. Yeah. So it's trying to find that, that balance of keeping the winners up. And on a big scale of that is like the Hayes boys. You know, they can't hock off every impressive two- and three-year-old to – to their old man in, in Hong Kong because they've got to keep their benchmark of, of horses up and they need them here yeah. as well. So, you know, you take the cash or do you cash out mm. or do you, do you ride it? You know, and that, that's a big thing as well. But, yeah, selling horses off trials. Um, I play that online market a hell yeah. of a lot. You know, I buy horses out of form, try and win a race or two with them, resell them uh, and just continuously trade. It, it's... No different to cryptos or yeah. real estate or And have you got your shares. bankroll up over the years? Because, I mean, you know, when we bought Suspect, you had to have 50000 ready to go to get it. So yeah. you must need to keep your bankroll. And, you know, from listening to other stuff, you said, like, you started with nothing. Yeah. So, yeah, how do you – well, I guess you've just got to keep trading and keep a fair whack of cash there. Like, you know, for, for, for an everyday person, it's probably an extraordinary amount of cash. And you're a very humble person yeah. and, and don't live a, a large life. But you need to have, I'd imagine, like at least a few hundred grand there ready – to continue to keep dealing, really. Yeah, it's tough. And, and that's sometimes you see a horse and you want to buy it, but you haven't got the bullets in the gun yeah. to do it. Yeah. You know, so you've got to, you're like, oh, well, I can get this 40 grand from here. And sometimes I'll ring it on. I'm like, do you want to buy half of this horse for 30 grand? They're like, yeah, why? I'm like, because I want to buy this for 100 and I've only got 70. <laughs> and, you know, or, you know, you might have an owner come to the party a little bit and say, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll buy some of that. Um, I'll buy the whole thing and then you sell down and I'll keep X amount. So there's always ways to do it. Sales company is pretty good. Like they give you a fair amount of credit and, yes. um, and time. But um, yeah, that's, that's a tough part. Where have you found more success? The yearling sales or the digital sales? Digital, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, digital and tried horses. Um, you know, Menmouth has you know, been, been the best off we, we've had recently. And, and yeah, he was on a deal to... to tr- trade overseas and he had one foot on the plane to go to Macau right. and uh, I had just moved to Albury and uh, he wanted to jump out and he was going to go to trials. He so went, he hadn't raced yet? No. Nah. Yeah. So I was training for Rushton Park Stud and I, I took a horse there um, 
to drop back off a filly that wasn't much good. And um, there was a horse up in the yards. He had a big bandage on his hock. And I said to Dave, you know, geez, that's a lovely horse. Yeah. And he said, oh, fuck, don't talk to me about it. He said, it's meant to be going to Adelaide sales next week and it's cut its hock and I can't take it. I said, oh, what a shame, lovely. And uh, about a month later, he rang me up. He's like, you want to do something with that chestnut horse? I said, mate, I'm fly blown. Like, uh, I'm struggling to pay wages next week. He said, listen, I'll break it in. I'll send it to you. I don't want a bill and we'll just go halves. You get it up and sell it and we'll go halves. Brilliant. So we got it up and, and he won a jump out and, um, and uh, he was going to go to, to Malaysia for 50 grand. Mm. Uh, and I was like, I really like this horse. Like, I think he's going to be all right. And I'd literally been in Aubrey a month and the committee over at Aubrey were like, oh, well, when, when you have a horse sing out and it was like three days later, I'm like, oh, I've got a horse. And I think a few of them were a bit like, that was great, geez, yeah. I don't know about this. <laughs> and um, yeah, mustered up the coin, uh, brought Dave out and, uh, and we raced him. And, um, you know, he's, he's ended up being a, a, yeah. a, a terrific horse. Over 500,000, I think he's won, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's probably, you know, he's probably... You know, the prize money is one thing, but what he's, what he's done for the stable, like he really won when we needed him to. And, yeah. you know, Did you bet on him? You have some good bets on him? I uh, absolutely steamed into him his first start at Wagga and we were driving there and there was just like this sandstorm, dust storm and I'm like, oh my God, they're going to call the races off. And um, literally in the mounting yard, there's like umbrellas and tables and chairs blowing across the track. And uh, a few of the jockeys were like, oh, I don't know about this. I'm like, I'm get out there and ride this thing. And um, he got back and he was off the bridle and I'm like, oh, why didn't they call these off? Like I've, I've, all the owners were there. And um, one, one just ran out on the corner and took half the field out. And he just come through and won by a head. Yeah. What price was he? Uh, odds on. You know, right. I, think we, I think probably averaged about $4. Like he did trial well and... I remember thinking, oh my God, this horse is not much good, but thank God we've got a result out yeah. of it today. And, um, and yeah, sure enough, he just, uh, he, 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 he just chipped away and chipped away. He won Aubrey, uh, when he won the town plate, he was $18 and we all had a decent That's bet the on him. Uh, he won, uh, sorry, he won the Wagga town plate. He won the city handicap at Aubrey on, on day before the cup. Yeah. And, um, my mate and I got the quaddy for 100% and I looked at um, New South Wales and I was so excited, I paid 28,000 and I was just like, this is so good. And I rang him and I was all up and about and um, I paid 11,000 in Victoria and he had a Victorian phone account. So I've never been more filthy about winning 11 grand in my life. But uh, anyway, that, 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 that's life. But yeah, he, he's been terrific and he's a good example of, you know, not taking that the money that's on the table and God, I need it at the time yeah. and backing yourself in say, he's going to be better for the business yeah. than the bank account. And, and, and he has been. What's the plan with him for autumn? Um, he's just a, just a mudlark. He just loves soft tracks. So, you know, we'll just bring him back and, and um, probably have another crack at the town plate and, yeah. and, and those sort of races. He's, he's really, I mean, I reckon I sent an audio report after five wins with him and said to the owners, listen, great win, but that'll see him out now. Like yeah. his benchmark's going to get too high. And I reckon I just copied and pasted it five times. And he just kept winning. So he, he's got older now. Like he, 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 he's still got a race or two in him, but they find it very hard to win. Their rating gets up. He's nearly rated 100, you know. So we'll just poke around, find a bog track somewhere. But, I mean, if he never wins another race, he, he's done his job and we'll give him a home for the rest of his life. Yeah. Was that day at Flemington the best day of your career? I reckon it was well up there. Um, Flemington has been a, 
a pretty special place for me. That's where I grew up. You know, Dad rode work there and based himself out of there and where I first, I took my first ever job there and um, I worked for Russell Cameron there for a long time. It was probably the biggest impact on me becoming a trainer and, and taught me more than, you know, I learnt anywhere. Mm. Um, so Flemington was always special. Um, my first ever runner there got beat in a photo um, uh, up the straight uh, by Heatherly having oh, yeah. a second start at a race. And, um, yeah, so it's always been a special place. So to win a stakes race there was 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 great. All my mates were there. Um, it, was, it, was, it was probably, Bruce, yeah. Bruce was there. Bruce, well, he didn't call it, but he was one of the commentators. Remember yeah. that? Bruce is a big fan of the yeah? stable. Yeah, Excellent. yeah, he's a big fan. Um, <laughs> and uh, I actually met him at a wedding, and uh, I, I was a bit nervous. To, to, I think everyone's a bit so nervous. So you do get nervous. To, yeah, I think everyone's a bit nervous to, to, to meet Bruce. And, sure. And he just came over and he started talking about Memmouth and the stable and he like reeled up a couple of other horses that, you know, not even sad day grade. I'm like, this bloke is a freak. So, yeah, yeah no, he was, uh, he's unreal. And how, so how do you do the form for the digital sales? Like, do you literally do the form? Do you sit down and get the ratings out for these particular horses? Like, how do you, how do you come across one that you want to go hard at at the digital sales? Do you have help? Yeah, um, I, I, do, I do have help. I've got, you know, Steph Grantel is great from a physical point of view. Um, you know, she's got a great eye for a horse. She worked in English for a long yeah, time? She? Yeah, yeah. So she's uh, become a massive part of, uh, of the business. And you know, not only is she great with that sort of stuff, but she's got a real business brain. She's mm-hmm. a young go-getter, comes up with crazier ideas than me, and it's, it's, it's awesome. But, yeah, so we go through it. I mean, there's some horses that you just uh, – those high-rated horses that are, you know, struggling at Saturday grade and that, um, they're hard to place anywhere, you know. Uh, so uh, you like to have those lightly raced three-year-olds that um, have only won. Like once a horse, you see a lot of horses win two or three races and that's it. Mm-hmm. And whether you take them to here or Queensland or South Australia, they find it hard to win that next uh, one or two, and and I've there's a lot of trainers that I would just refuse to to buy a horse off because um, they just get the best out of them, okay. you know, and they don't they go doesn't matter where they go they just don't win, and then there's some other stables like you know like Godolphin that you're happy to buy out of because um, you're a chance you're a chance yeah. yeah, and you've seen you've seen a lot of horses that that sell, and I remember I worked for Lloyd Williams for a, for a long time, and. Um, He's so good. It's like one of the, just one of the single best operators in life and business that you'd ever come across. And um, he used to have these massive dis- dispersal sales. Like mm. he'd just sell 50 at a time. And uh, I remember he had this one horse in there and it was like planning on going to Sandown or something two weeks later and it was fl- a horse was flying and it was in the sale. I'm like, why are we selling this? Like it's, mm. it's going great. Uh, and uh, no one really... Everyone was a bit afraid to ask, and I, I had to ask. And I said, oh, why are we selling this? He can win next week in town. And he said, yeah, we'll win its next start in town. He said, but this is the reason that all the ones that should make 10 make 60. Yeah. Because everyone will be talking about, oh, Lloyd sold this thing and it won in town two weeks yeah. later. Yeah. And he said, it brings the benchmark of all of them up. And I yeah. just remember thinking, this bloke's too good. Yeah. But he's just too good. He's a very smart operator. And he did sell a lot of horses that went on and won really, really good races. Yeah. But it was, it was a smart business move. Are you in contact with him these days? No, nah, I'd like, to, like to, him to send a few, uh, few imports to me. But no, he is one person that um, doesn't get the recognition and doesn't boast about it, but he's renowned for the horses that he, he's, he's 
brought through in the Melbourne Cups and, and Macedon and all that sort of stuff. But you go through the Victorian, you know, ranks of racing industry people and New South Wales. The amount of people that he's put through the mm. system, paid for their education. I had a racing background, but I didn't know shit about working in a stable yeah. and, and that sort of stuff. And that's where you learned your craft. Yeah, that's and where it he, all started. So I, it all started at, at the Lloyd Williams if stable. If I didn't take my first job in racing with him, I don't reckon I'd, I'd be in the game. Really? Because he paid well enough where you could learn and, and, and he'd, he'd get you through. And um, it was a great introduction. Eventually, once you get passionate about it, you can't sort of stay there because it's not a real, you don't learn how to really run a stable economically. Yeah. It's very unique how he does it yes. because he owns them all and that, which is terrific. But I had to leave and, and go and learn how to try and make money as a trainer and run a business and talk to clients and things yeah. like that. But no, nah, phenomenal operator. And you look at those sort of people and you go, oh, he's one another group one. He's a millionaire, you know, whoop-de-doo. But Mate, what he puts in to what yeah. he gets out is, is very little, yeah. and and he's an amazing man. And he works. He must work incredibly hard at, at the horse racing, his horse racing stable. Like, I've never seen someone. He used to walk. When I worked for him, we had eighty horses in work at Flemington. You know, colts, fillies, young horses. You know, Zabils. This is pre-import mm. days, and we must have had a hundred staff. Yeah. And he would walk in there and fire off everyone's name. How yeah. you going? He knew I played golf. How? Oh, what's your handicap? You know this, that, and this is at the time where he pretty like still had a strong hand in the casino. Yeah, like yeah. it's phenomenal, yeah. today, mate. Um, yeah, I, I I had such I still do have such admiration and respect respect for him and um, very very smart operator and uh, and a loyal man. Gave a lot of young people a chance mm. and um, yeah, it, it's love to see him win another cup before he before he finishes up mm. and. Who are some other mentors in the game for you? You mentioned Peter Moody before. Yep. Do you have mentors who you really lean on um, for advice and, and guidance? Yeah, I think you can, um, you can learn a lot without asking questions in this game. I think I love seeing a good horse burst onto the scene uh -huh. and going right back out and trying to find its first ever unofficial jump out and then watching it all the way through. You can learn how they got them to that point without calling them, where'd they kick it off in a maiden, what gear changes did it have, and how they've nurtured that horse sure. horse through. And it's amazing. Like, you have a look at some horses, um, especially some imports and things like that. You go back to their first couple of starts, you're like, I wouldn't give you 10 grand for this. Yeah. And you see how they've developed them. Yeah. And, and it's, That's what you've got to do, isn't it? You've got to look, you know, beyond obvious otherwise it, it, yeah. it's easy to go to the sales and buy the nicest healing mm. and give it to the best trainer and book the best jockey all that comes at <laughs> such an enormous price mm. you know so you have to go to a yearling sale and be what's going to be for what i can spend what's going to be the nicest horse in 12 months or 18 months you know who's a jockey that i can create a, a, a relationship now that's going to be good you know and sure. get them on an yeah. upward spiral yeah. because you know, you, like anything, you can't just pick the best suburb and the best street and go, oh, this is great, I want to live here, because sure. you, you have to pay that premium. So, um, yeah, I, I love I love working with, with those younger people coming through, even though I still, I'm still one of them. Yes. Um, yeah, finding those younger people to get involved with, whether they be a, a writer or an agent or um, your staff, um, that's the best thing, because that's where your value comes, is finding good young people. Yeah early 
so that you're involved with them through, through that process. How many staff do you have? Uh, too many on a Thursday when I have to pay them. Yeah. But um, uh, I reckon we've probably got, yeah, 15 all yeah. up, you know, and all different aspects. Some, uh, you know, some uh, casuals, some just come in and ride a few. We've got three apprentices. Um, you know, Steph does bloodstock work and business work, and then we've got the account side of things. So, mm. yeah, it is. Sometimes it's a bit scary when you when you drive in. Do you feel it, the pressure? Like sometimes you wake up in the middle of the night, like fuck, what am I doing? I think sometimes I think you know I drive in and I think there's so many people dependent yeah. on me, you know. And but is that also a positive feeling as well? Yeah, it makes you get up. Like this, honestly, there's some mornings where your alarm gets goes off and you're like, nah, like I could just lay in bed today. All the horses went shit yesterday. Uh, it's pissing down rain. I'm pretty much describing this morning. Uh, and, um, you know, I've got a few noms in. No, nothing can win this week. You know, it's just going to be a grind. Um, but you can't. You physically yeah. can't. You've got to get up. You know, you've got to get the horses Do you worked. take a holiday? Do you ever take a holiday? Yeah, all, all the time. I right. try and take weekends away. Yeah. Like, there's this old sort of, that old trainer mentality of like, I've worked every day for... 25 years and this and that. It's like, well, that's great. But you haven't mm. seen your kids grow up. Yeah. You haven't, no, you got no friends, your horse, like this is a lifestyle and this is, a, but it's not my life. I still have other things I like to do. Um, I like to get away from it completely. I love started playing golf again. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, doing that sort of stuff is great because it does consume you. Like it'd be no different to punting. If you punted all day, every day yeah. or if, <laughs> but you, you've got to have no, a day yeah, we, where we you just don't watch a race. It's just, it's otherwise... need, especially after like five or six days in a row, I'm like, yeah. yeah. Especially when life's busy, I've got kids and all that kind of stuff. Wolfden as well. So you, you, yeah. I'm not one of those people that can just keep going. I, need, I fall in a heap if I Yeah, go. yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. And so you've talked, mentioned imports a lot, and you've got an import yourself. So Desert Voice. Yeah. So you picked is it her up yep. at um, the Tattersall's online sale, 50,000 guineas. Yeah, right? yeah. So... Um, fortunately, having Steph, um, Steph's partner, um, Joey, uh, was a trainer in South Africa, originally from the UK. He's trained like 20-something Group 1 winners. Uh -huh. He's got a lot of connections over there, and he's very good friends with, uh, with William Haggis. Yes. And a couple of years... trained to buy honour. Yeah, yeah, and a couple of years ago, I went over to there, and that we spent two mornings with, with Haggis. Yeah. And it was phenomenal, uh, yeah. watching the horses work at Newmarket. So... Kept a bit of an uh, affiliation with him and uh, went through the sale and saw he had this filly, couple of fillies in and uh, spoke to him and he's just like perfect for Australia. She's not that great, mm -hmm. but she's certainly good enough. She's not going to stay over here and she's owned by one of the sheiks um, and his benchmark's pretty high. Yeah. He said, but there's plenty of meat on that phone. I mean, uh, I wouldn't like to be buying a two million dollar horse off haggis because he'd just bring him here himself you know yeah, he's got a pretty sure. good formula now at yeah. sending the right horses down so he really recommended her and we didn't have to pay a lot for no, her like she's like 100 and, i think she's like 145 grand walked in the front yeah. door here and yeah. she's out of quarantine and you've got her away you got yeah i made i rang five people and um four people took 25 percent so that's how the popularity with imports mm. if i brought 140 grand yearling uh after 60 days, I wouldn't be sleeping much. Mm, like, they're yeah, hard to sell. Sure. Um, and ultimately, we have to buy as trainers what the people want. Yeah. I would love to go out and buy 10, 15 yearlings, you know, put them through the system, get them going. 
but that's not what the punters want. Yeah, so you found that. It's, it's, it's no different. Yeah. You know, you've got to buy something that you can sell. Yes. We're, the re- we're retailers yes. when it comes to selling horses. And suspect the horse I'm in, there's nothing easier to sell than that, right? Like you I, I probably, probably could have sold him yeah. eight times over, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but if, if, again, if I had a rang you guys at the den and been like, hey, I've just bought this yearling for 50 grand. It's not going to race for 18 months. Um, quick jump in, you would have been like, huh, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, you know it's probably. a long process. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, people that we go in the syndicate with, in 18 months, two of them aren't working here. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's brought a house. He needs out. Yeah. So all those things happen where yeah. if it's like, mate, we'll buy this. It's at the races in three mm. months. But uh, like, the suspect appealed to me just going about that thing. It's like, I know we're a chance. Yep. We're a chance to have fun. Yeah. And a chance for more. Like we could end up making And you can do your risk to reward. Mm. You can do your form on it and you can see where you think it's at. And um, I think in this day and age, the dream of like, this is an Oaks filly. This is a slipper colt. 99.9% of them aren't. Yeah. And people have been told that for a long time and they're sort of a bit over it. I think people would just rather say, you know what, I can part with four or five grand and have a horse racing in four or five months. And it's a chance of running in those midways or highways or benchmark races on a Friday night. Mm. That's, it's never going to be better than that, but mm. sign me up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And how, so Desert Voice, what is the plan with her? Is there, do you think she's, you know, she could be metro grade and that kind of stuff? Or? Yeah, I think so. I think she's had, you know, five starts for two wins over 1400. So she's got that, that speed. Um, You're aiming it higher than Kembler and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, I mean, I love buying fillies and mares because yeah. they can run in everything, but then there's races that are for them only. Like how many races do you see like? Phillies and mares, benchmark 70 mile. There's eight in it in town. Yeah. You know, and there's so many listed races for Phillies and mares only, Phillies and mares only. And you get two kilos off when you race the boys. It, it, I, if it was up to me, I would have a stable of Phillies and mares. Yeah. I would absolutely love them. Um, and they're as tough as a, as a colt. If you, when you get a mare right, they're tougher than a gelding. I, I, I love them. Uh, and then if you do have success with them, they're worth something at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, so... I'm all about that. Uh, I'd like to get her to that. If we can have her consistently that Wednesday to off-season Saturday benchmark level, like, you know, you're getting 80-something thousand to win a benchmark 70 on a Saturday these days. Like, you don't have to go very far to recoup your costs. And if she wins one of them, she's worth what we paid for her as a broodmare. So the risk to reward for her, I thought, was, was terrific. Yeah. So I watched the video that you had of her on your website. Yep. And when she comes back in from work, you were like, oh, really happy with what she did. That was outstanding. And you hear trainers say that a lot, but I was thinking to myself, like, what, does, what did she actually do that made you really happy? In the work, what was it exactly? You know, I know she would have been at a particular stage in her preparation. Yeah. Yeah, so a lot of those, um, those Euro- they work so different, those European horses. They're out doing even time every second day, long, slow work. You know, mm-hmm. they don't dash them up like, we, we do. So she would sh- struggle to really quicken up. And right. what we've been doing when, since she's got here is teaching her to sprint. Okay. Because, I mean, you have the a look at... The suspect. Yeah, the you have a look yeah. at their races. Like, they're all off the bridle half a mile out and they're just slogging away, yeah. you know, which is what, how they're trained. They're tough and they're, they're resilient. Um, but here, they've got to be able to sprint off a dime. Even in a 2,000-metre race they still sprint, like everyone jumps out of the gates, they go two furlongs, they find their spot, 
they rack them, stack them, and yeah. then they all have to sprint. It doesn't yeah. matter how far you race over in Australia, you've got to be able to sprint. And a lot of the Europeans don't know how to do that. And it's weird to have a horse that's like had five starts and it's three-year-old filly and it doesn't, it, yeah. you know, you, you, you have it in behind a horse and you come off behind heels and it's like, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Like, what's going on here? Yeah. So they've got to learn to quicken and uh -huh. quicken. And, and what we've been teaching her is to hold, hold, and then, and then sprint, you know. Even though we think she's going to get over further, mm. she's got to learn how to do that. Um, she can't be a grinder because, you know, one-paced horses in Australia are, are, are very, very hard. They get back, they're off the bridle, you know, they need to be steaming through the field. Otherwise, they're just hard luck stories. Um, so we're teaching her to be hold a position better in a race and, and sprint quicker, mm. which is great if they can do it. So we've got the yearling sales coming up, Magic Millions, in a few weeks' time. How are you going to handle the yearling sales this, this period? Outside of buying a horse very well. Uh, <laughs> I handle Magic Millions. I handle, I handle so you'll, got, you'll be up at the Magic Millions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, it's a bit of a holiday for me. As yeah. much as it is work, it, it, it's a sort of racing person's mecca. You, mm -hmm. know, you don't have to be going there to spend a million dollars or have a runner. It's just great to see people that you might only see once a year and catch up with owners and stuff. But we'll, we'll buy a horse from there. We, you know, we, we brought a lovely deep field filly last year. The capitalist that we bought from the year, year before, he's already a winner. He, he looks really smart. He's yep. only had two or, two, two or three starts. Um, but it's a lot of work when you don't have a lot of money. Yeah. There's like over a thousand horses in that first session. And when you're trying to buy one for like 150, mm you've got to go right. It's a lot, a lot of work. Yeah. So we'll mainly concentrate on that second. So you've got to do it, you think? It's, you have oh, to I can't it. afford to do it. You know, like I, I, if I send Steph Grantel up there for it, to look at a thousand horses, you need 10 days yeah. leading into the sale. So if, if she goes up there for 10 days, then I fly up there and I'm there for a week. I'm away from here. She's yeah. up there. You've got accommodation. You're all this. It will cost us eight grand, mm. 10 grand to buy a horse. Mm. And I can't tack that onto a, I buy yeah. a horse for a hundred and say, oh, it's actually 110 because Steph and I have been up at the Gold Coast for two weeks. Yeah. Owner's going to be like, piss off, yeah. like, it's not my fault. Yeah. So, so how do you pick the eyes out of it? What do you do? So we, we, we concentrate on, on uh, I, we can go through that catalogue and out of that thousand, there's going to be five or 600 horses straight away that on their pedigree yeah. and their photo and video, you know that you're not going to be able to afford. So there's no point looking at them. Sure. It's a bit like going to some establishments late at night. You know, you, you, there's no point going because right. only, yeah. only bad. You're only going to regret it the next morning. You can't, you can't, exactly That's right. I, I tell the boys in the dentist all the time, the yeah. younger boys. Yeah, exactly right. You, you learn your lesson. You can look. But they don't learn their it's an ex yeah. It's just an expensive look and it's not worth it. Just go home. Yeah. So, and that's what we do at the Magic Millions. Uh, and there's, there's plenty of those kind of establishments at the Gold Coast Yeah, as and, well. and, you know, saying eight or ten grand for, for two weeks on the Gold Coast, that, that's very light, yes. you know. So yeah. I'll literally go up the, the Friday before yeah. the, the races and, and then that second session after the races. So everyone goes home. There's actually a big sale the following week of the horses that are probably just at one tier down, which are, are our thing. There's still bloody nice horses there. Yeah. But let those big boys, you know, slog it out and, and do their deals and stuff. But I think not getting caught up in that is, is, is really good. You can go there and pretend for a week, but I'd, I'd rather spend the, the 10 days down here and, and dart up there late. You can go to other sales and be a lot, a lot more into it and do a lot more work that you're going to get a better result 
out sure. of. And what are some of those sales? Uh, classic sales, great. Um, you know, you've got Adelaide, Melbourne, um, New Zealand. You know, that's probably our our, our better buying mark. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's really it's nothing like the Magic Millions. Like it, uh-huh. it's it's unreal. Like we were. Yeah. We caught up there. there caught up there last year. Um, Betfair Mansion. Yeah, it was. I might, yeah. I might I might see if that's kicking around again yeah. this year. But uh, no, nah, it's great. It's a great social thing as well. Um, uh, and, and it's a great place to, to meet new owners and, and get new clients. Yeah, and so last question in the stable. Um, you, you've probably been to more than your fair share of country race meetings and country carnivals and stuff. Yeah. What are your favourite country race meetings so people out there watching this can put them on their list to, to go to? What would be... Give us your top three or four country cups or carnivals to go to. I love the Sapphire Coast. Yep. I reckon that's uh, that's unreal. We're hoping um, to be there. Yeah. February. It's yeah. unreal. We'll definitely be there. Oh, we'll, we're there with suspects. We'll be there. I think or just come anyway. Sure. Just come anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, Swan Hills and underrated carnival. Ooh. A very yeah. very underrated carnival. I think it's it's. I'd go to Swan Hill over Warrnambool. Yep. For sure. It's okay. uh, it's a great town. Good racing. Uh, great atmosphere. Club do a good job. Warnable's great, but you know, once you've once you get a little bit older and it's cold and it's wet and you're drunk for three days, like it, it takes. I've some never getting, been to Warnable. Uh, I think it might you be got my to. You got to go. Yeah. I went when I was young, and when you're young, everything's great. Uh, you don't get hungover. You don't care how cold it is. Um, but as you get older, I can't. Yeah. I couldn't do three days at Warnable yeah. uh, ever again. <laughs> and and another one I would. I went to last year and I was spewing I couldn't go this year is Cairns. Not the amateurs, the actual just Cairns Cup. Yep. It's chill. Cairns is an underrated place. Sure. Yeah, I, I reckon it's it, it's 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 absolutely awesome. Um absolutely wiped the Cairns Reef Casino clean on Cairns Cup night. Um so that probably does alter my opinion. Sure. Like if they had a strip me, I would yeah. have I would have absolutely slayed their carnival for no reason. But um no, Cairns is good. Uh I really, really enjoyed that. But I think that's the great thing about racing in Australia, isn't it? Like you can any time of the year you mm. can just lob like, yeah. broom. What uh, at Birdsville? And, I'm, I'm, have you been to Birdsville? I haven't. No, I haven't. Yeah. I haven't I haven't can we done possibly take suspect there? Mate, I I, I hope not. I <laughs> I really hope not. Imagine being a $1.9 million yearling, like doing your first sort of stuff at, at Waller's and that, and then just you get off the float and it's just the dirt Birdsville. at Birdsville. Yeah. But would you enjoy going there for a road trip? I'd, I'd love it. You I'd love it. I, I, I've been thinking about it. What puts me off is like taking horses there, the journey up, everything great, yeah. they race, but then you've got to go home. Yeah. And I reckon that's a, that's a killer. Like, it's hard enough driving back to Albury after running seventh in a highway. Yeah. Like, could you imagine the drive home from Birdsville after you get your ass handed to, <laughs> you're hungover, and you've got like a 26-hour drive home? Sure. Um, I think we're now going to move on to, I think, KFC Dapto for a, for a nice brunch. You, you tip Chico's in Wollongong as the, one of the great chicken joints in Wollongong, but I don't think it opens till 10 a.m. What time is it now, boys? So probably got to go to. We can't. I don't wait know. I mean, I've done some pretty degenerate things, but sitting around Chico's in Wollongong waiting for it to open is, is probably that. not. So we got to KFC Tapto. <laughs> and what's your approach? So it's nine a.m. How do you handle KFC at nine a.m.? Are you going to eat like some of their chicken, or we get like some of their breakfast kind of stuff? What do you? What's the oh plan? no, there's. It's it's just. 
I, I like to eat like you're at an airport, you know, because time is irrelevant mm -hmm. at an airport. Everything's just lunchtime. Yes, yes. And yes, yes, if yes. you live life like that, it's pretty good, especially when you get up early. Like, technically, it is lunchtime for me. Sure. So I don't so, have to, I okay, mean, cool. you so might we, have to justify it, but I, no, I don't. No, so what we want to go big and we want to go hard, but we want you to order for us, right? And so Wolf Dan will pay for it. This is, we're very generous. We'll, we'll, we'll pay the $90 that it's going to cost. So you order. There is four of us here. Yeah, I make it 180. <laughs> Budget's 180. Um, and you order for us and we'll finish the podcast off over a succulent KFC, KFC meal in Dapto. Dapto. I haven't been to uh, Dapto KFC, so this will be... A first for me. It's straight across from the Greyhound track as well, which they race every Thursday night, which I have been already. Yeah, and you've got a Greyhound or something. I do. I got a little. I got a little share uh, in uh, in Larry Nangar yeah. Larry. Yeah. Um, it's fun. I, I tell you yeah. what, mate. It it makes me want to send these things around. Every it just goes around every week. <laughs> every week. I think like he just noms it and runs it. It's yeah. great. Like you get your bang for a buck when you race a Greyhound. It's it's put me off these things three weeks between runs, mate. He'd go around 12 times before that. Yeah, unreal. Let's go to KFC. Righto. So we've had a huge strip out, have we? Talk us through it, Mitch. We've had a strip out. Mate, this, this couldn't have got off to a worse start. Here. I've G'd up KFC Dapto. It's not over. <laughs> not over. I told you guys to come later. Don't uh, over till 10. But that's all right. Thank God I've got a plan B and C and D. <laughs> well, i tell you what, there's actually, what I normally have for breakfast is I go to 7-Eleven, get a can of Max. And old mate's got um, bar me's next door. Ooh. Oh wow! And, what does he charge um, for bar me? Nah, he's pretty good. He does a he does a bar me um, combo, uh, which he puts just absolutely everything in it, and then he gives you a little like chaser, little party sausage roll for ten dollars. <laughs> Maybe we should go there. Yeah. What's that place called? What's that one called? Uh, that, oh, sorry, so that's Farlap Avenue. That's Look. Trifecta. Trifecta Place. There's Trifecta Place. There's Trifecta, Trifecta Place. Trifecta. It's not a myth after all. <laughs> I would go as far to say is that not a better Bunnings uh, location in all of Australia. You go up the escalators and escalators and look out over there and you just get a full view. Like you could do a dining package for Gong Day uh, <laughs> at Bunnings. It's an email PBL about it. It's unreal. You look straight over the race course. And do you slip up there on Saturdays for the sausage sizzles? Well, season? I can No, they do midweek sausage sizzles here. Wow. Oh yeah, here's the German club that you were Yeah, this is where I went to the other day. I thought it was a funeral home. And then um, Robbie Downey rang me, he's like, do you want to go for a beer? I'm like, after he won on this, this moment. Yeah. And he's like, I'm at the German club. I'm like, oh mate, I don't, I don't think that's a thing. And I went in there, it was like, it was absolutely okay. steamy. It was like October. Yeah, it was like October. So where yeah, am I going here? And then yeah. old mate, QP Bakery. Yeah, just, good. Just across the road. Oh, what a spot. Epic. Yeah, we can even get our, we can get our hair cut while we're here. Is there a haircut? Oh, yeah. I actually need to get a haircut. It's cool. I'm actually getting one. Our Christmas party's tomorrow night. Do you, do you, so. do you, I, I want to get one. I need to. I'm not getting one here. Mate, I'm getting one from my get fucking one? barber, bro. Mate, that place is called Jab Cuts. I'm getting one. <laughs> no, you're not. Oh, no, you're... Yeah, I am. I'm not allowing it, mate. Here it is. Oh, the, the famous QP Bakery. Hey, I think he's really going to get a haircut here. Uh, he's half a chance. You need a tetanus, <laughs> Nah, you're not, eh? Hey, the fuck no. No. What do you care? It's my head. <laughs> Can you They're zoom in on the name? Jab. They're the loveliest folks. I'm doing it. What have we got? Joe, do you run everything here? Hello. Hello. Morning. How are you? Can, Can, I, have, have can I just point something out yeah. here? Sure. A sausage roll. With mashed potato, potato on top. Oh. Unbelievable, mate. 
You don't get that in you Sydney. Don't, you, don't come back from that. you don't get that in Sydney, mate. All right, here we go. We're around the corner from the stables. We're at fucking QP Bakery. We got the entree. We've already got the entree out of the way. Jab cuts. That's it, brother. Man, I feel like this is Barstool's like one bite. One bite Barney review, but I've already had a bite, so we'll have to do second bite. You're going with the satay chicken, right? On recommendation? It's like walking into a racecourse and copping a tip in the first. I walked in, he was full intentions of getting a barbecue pork stock standard zinger. But uh, we got steered into this. Old Which, Mate's also given us a free entree. Yeah, I got uh, Bacon and cheese, sausage roll. Chili sauce. With a dash of sweet chili. There's Richie's hair. There's, like, yeah. <laughs> um, there's a lot going on in Berkeley. I'm, I'm really liking it. None of it's very good, but apart from this, it's alright. Well, you've oh. made us wait for a fucking... Great haircut. Oh, yes. We, were, we fucked up, and honestly, we thought we we're going to slip in 500. You get a sick, 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 you won't see a Gucci loafer or a fucking polo shirt here, will ya? We got the globes on. What do we got? Globes, socks, yeah. and vans. And they're not even real. They're from Bali. <laughs> I hope you guys have enjoyed it. You yeah. met the big fella. Mm, That's the main beautiful. thing. I'm yeah. in love, as, as we said. He's a hard horse not to like. Um, until he whacks him around fourth in a couple of 1200 meter maidens, and then I'll still be happy. We'll still be happy. Yeah. We'll still be happy. But no, thanks for coming down, guys. Yeah, it's been great. Unreal. Cheers, mate. Good on you, mate. Enjoy. And uh, we'll be in touch. Good, good luck, Dave. What's on for the rest of the day now for Mitch Beard? Oh, man, I'd like to say noms and a bit of form and that, but I'm probably going to have a kid for a couple of hours and um, do the afternoon shift. Right. Go get him, son. Beauty. See you, boys. Thanks, Cheers. Mitch. Thanks, good on you, guys. mate. Good on Cheers. you.